Y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about what I have to speak to you this morning. I hope that you came open to listen to uh, the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead and guide you. I know that lots and lots of us have been very overwhelmed. Uh, some of us for a year and a half, some of us for a couple of weeks, some of us have got a little bit of relief from the last other week. But I know that because we've been so overwhelmed, a lot of times when you're overwhelmed, it's hard to see the good things and the joy and the strength and the things that we've been talking about this morning. So we wanted to kick off the service with a little slideshow of a little bit of the positive things that's been going on. Go ahead with that slideshow. Y'all, from what I understand after talking and doing a little bit of research, it was the craziest and coldest weather that East Texas has had in about 70 years. Everybody say that's a long time. time. Listen, I'm going to also say there is a reason that I live in Texas. And the reason that I live in Texas is so we do not experience what we just experienced the last few weeks. Because all of you were like, oh, snow. Oh, snow's coming. We're going to play in the snow. And me, I was just thinking about all the horrible things that snow. Uh, How many of y'all now can relate after the last week and a half to the way that I feel about snow? Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So I'm I'm glad I'm a Texas boy, East Texas, lower Texas boy for a reason because I hate snow. No interest in snow. And I'm glad that it's gone. Maybe it will never come back. But if it does, at least give us, you know, another 70 years so that I can be gone. Amen. Well, y'all, here's the thing. We've been diving into and studying some deep and some hard stuff. If you've been with us, you know we've been looking into the story of Hosea. His story is tough. Uh, and so we've been, we've been diving into some tough stuff and we've been looking at some tough stuff in our own lives. And so because we've been studying and looking into tough stuff, we have also been going through some tough stuff. I believe with all my heart that God knew that we were going to be going through some tough stuff. And so the word that he gave us for this month was so that we could help us to make it through the stuff that we were going through. And I'm glad that we're through a lot of it. Amen. As we're getting ready, I want to ask the Lord to just just speak through me today. 
And so if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, Heavenly Father, I love you so much. God, I pray that you would use me this morning as a vessel. Lord, it wouldn't be me speaking. It would be you using me and speaking through me. I pray, Father, that each and every person would get a word from you, that you would, you would give and deliver to us what we need this morning. And Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. So this morning, we're closing out this series that we have been calling When God Doesn't Make Sense. Our whole world hasn't made sense in about two years. Amen? But the series that we've been looking at is when God doesn't make sense. And so the, the different weeks that we've studied so far, the first week we studied the why question and we, we asked the question, um, really God? Or the, I'm sorry, the what question. You want me to do what? Anybody ever thought that? Like the Lord asks you to do something, you go, you want me to do what? Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Anybody ever had the, uh, the boldness to ask the Lord if he was a little nuts? So that's kind of where that, that question comes from. It's the shock. Then the second week, we talked about the how question. How do we deal with all of the things in the season that we're going through? Last week, we dug into the again question. Are you kidding me? I took this breath of fresh air. I thought that I was past this. I thought that my addiction was over. I thought that this season was over. I thought that this illness was over and this sickness was over. And now I'm having to deal with it again. And that's what we talked about last week. If you missed those weeks, I encourage you to go back and check them out on our website. We've been using the life of Hosea to illustrate all of these different questions. See, Hosea, for those of you that don't know, in chapter one, God comes to Hosea and he tells him, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and marry a prostitute. You want me to do what? I want you to go and marry a prostitute so that I can begin to use your life to illustrate to the people of Israel what they need to hear. And then he tells them, here's what I want you to name your kids. I want you to name child number one, Jezreel, after this whole murder that went down. Child number two, I want you to name your daughter, not loved. And then child number three, I want you to name him, not my people. And so Hosea walks through all this. We're going, what? How? How do you even get through that? How do you go through that? And then last week, we get to chapter three. In chapter two, uh, Gomer decides to go back out into prostitution. And so uh, I, I bet there was like this breath of relief. I'm finally done. Don't have to deal with it again. And then you get to chapter three, and God says, all right, Hosea, I want you to go and love your wife again. Huh? Again? So that's what we've been studying so far. That's where we're at so far. And today, we're going to take a little bit of a turn. And the title to the message is, I get it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I get it. Today's message is a message of gratitude and thankfulness. We get to talk about things like joy and strength and encouragement. The last few weeks have been dealing with the trials, going through the hardships, learning how to make it through the season and just survive alive and fight for victory. Because so many times that's what we feel like. Amen? So we've been talking about how do we deal with these hardships. Today we're talking about when we get on the other side of the hardship and we understand why we had to go through what it is that we had to go through. And the title to the message is, I get it. We're going to go to Hosea chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. This is the last chapter in Hosea. And um, this whole series, we've been talking about the Hosea's perspective at looking at these questions. And why? 
Again, really? Are you kidding me? Why do I have to deal with this? How do I deal with this? This is Hosea's perspective. Today, we're going to go through a, a different route, and we're going to look at Hosea's life and what God used Hosea to do through Israel's perspective. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hosea chapter 14. I have a big groups of scriptures that I'm going to read, verses 1 through 9, so bear with me. And here we go, if you have your Bibles. Hosea 14, 1 through 9. It says this, return. O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you praise. Now listen to this next part. I like this next part. Assyria cannot save us, nor can our war horses. Never again when we say, will we say to the idols that we have made, you are our gods. No, and you alone do the orphans find mercy. The Lord says, then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel, listen to this, like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Oh, Israel, stay away from your idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All of your fruit comes from me. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. So we go all through the story of Hosea's life. God is using his life to show and illustrate to the people of Israel that they have been a prostitute to him. They have cheated on him. That they have again and again and again went out and, and, and served false gods. And Hosea 14 is all about how he is bringing them back. This is the I get it moment for Israel. It's the, I I realize now why Hosea had to go through all the things that he had to go through to show us. I realize now that God was speaking to me all throughout all of the junk that I go through. I realized that he was making me stronger, that he was pulling me back to him, that he was trying to get me to the altar. I realize now, I get it, why I had to go through and deal with the different things that I had to go through. So today I want us to take three lessons that we can learn about victory in the Lord from Hosea chapter 14. Three lessons that we can learn, Hosea 14, about victory in the Lord. I love this, y'all. I'm pumped about this message. So y'all help me out or I'm gonna preach it all day long. Okay, here we go. Number one in your notes. Here we go. Learn, don't return. Learn, don't return. Let me give you some scriptures here. It says, Assyria cannot save us nor can our war horses. Never again will we say to the idols that we made, you are our gods. What are they saying? They're saying we learned the lesson. 
We thought this, but we were stupid. We thought this, but we were wrong. We thought Assyria could help us. Well, that was dumb. We thought we had something in our army. Well, that was stupid. We thought that money could buy us happiness. We thought this, or we thought that. They're saying, God, we learned the lesson that we needed to learn. Never again will we say to the idols that we made, you are our gods. No, in you alone. Do the orphans find mercy? I love that. Everybody say learn. Learn. Don't return. You see what the Lord is telling the Israelites here through Hosea, Hosea is that when we are brought out of a trial, when we have to go through all of this time, when we have to go through stupidity after stupidity after stupidity after stupidity, what God is showing is that he's trying to teach us some things. Sometimes we have to go through things because of our stupidity. And sometimes we have to go through things because God is giving us challenges to grow our faith. But every time that we are going through trials, there is things that God is trying to help us to learn to not go back into the same place that we were. Learn, don't return. So often God brings us out of something, y'all. He gives us glory He breaks an addiction. He does all of these different things. He pulls us out of the clay and brings us to the top and gives us a good job or whatever it is. He gets us to that place that we want to get and then we feel like we're there. And when we feel like we're there, typically what happens is we begin to move in the opposite direction. And when we begin to move in the opposite direction, what happens is instead of learning the lessons to get us there, that now God wants to move us here and he wants to move us here, instead we start returning to the junk that used to be in our lives. He's pulled, of, he's pulled us out of it for a reason, y'all. He's helped us move past those sins and those addictions and those times for a reason and it's up to us to learn the lessons. Let me give you an example of a learn, don't return Type scenario. Y'all, I have the most beautiful, yet the most crazy and insane daughter. And her name is Emmy. And some of you have met her. And you know that she is nuts. Literally, she's nuts. And that's okay. I love her, but, and I am nuts. She get it for where, where she get the craziness from? Get it from her daddy. Uh, and so, uh, and so she, she's absolutely nuts. And uh, so about three years ago, my daughter decides that she's going to give herself a haircut. And why not, right? I'm three, can't get in that much trouble because I'm three. And so she grabs a pair of scissors and she just takes off right here and cuts all of this part of her hair. Let me show you a picture if you don't believe me. You ready? <laughs> Boom. Look at that. Now, the reason that she looks a little bit freaked out is because what happens next? Okay, so after she takes and she cuts her hair, um, I hear in my bedroom this massive beating going on. And so what happened was my wife grabbed a spatula and she just went to town. And she went to town and went to town and went to town. And then she took Emmy and put her over here and walked back over here and turned back around and just went to town and went. She actually did that three times. And then uh, and then Emmy goes, Emmy goes to a room and I'm sitting in there and Christy's crying and Emmy's crying and I'm trying, I'm laughing, trying to figure out what in the heck's going on. And uh, Emmy comes back in the room and Christy yells, Emmy, if I see your hair again, I'm going to spank you again. And so naturally, Emmy just leaves and she's gone. 
And so listen, the reason that my wife decided to go to town with the spatula is because she had a lesson that she wanted in me to learn. The lesson was, you don't know how to cut hair. And because you don't know how to cut hair, I don't want you to cut your hair because then you look stupid. And so she learns this lesson for a very small amount of time. It's been two years, y'all. And two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we're sitting on the bed and Emmy comes in and I hear this. And I look over and Christy screams, Emmy, did you cut your hair? And I, I pulled out my phone very quickly because my daughter is so good at giving explanations. So let me give you the picture first. Picture first. She decided to cut her hair, cut her hair again. Now let me let you see the explanation that Emmy gave us when we asked why she cut her hair. Go ahead. Okay, so at church, Jordan was, well, he was walking and I saw him and then he said, Emmy, you need a haircut because your hair is very long. And then I went to my mom's office. I didn't get any scissors. I just got gummies. And then I walked to dad's office. No scissors. Just looked at his keys. A bunch of keys. I just And then, uh, and then I went to Michelle's office and I hugged her, and then... Uh, what does this have to do with you cutting your hair? Well, I thought since Jordan said I needed to cut my hair, I was supposed to cut my hair, but... No, you did not. You did not think that. You knew that if you cut your hair, you were going to get spanking. But if I was... Since you were sick, I couldn't ask you because Daddy was not here. When you were sick, I couldn't touch you. Are you allowed to play with scissors? Are you allowed to have scissors? Okay, so then why in the world would you think it would be okay to cut your hair? Well, last time I had the I had the jump rope. It's still covered in the things that you're supposed to have scissors with. And I cutted it. And I was playing with it, and playing with it, and then it just broke. And then, uh, well, I was trying to fix it and fix it when Garrett was here. And uh, I couldn't find a plan to fix it. And I found something else with that. And I um, opened it in your room. What does that have to do with you cutting your hair? Well, it was... Okay, you're just going to think no, wait. No, I'm done. I'm done listening. I'm done listening to all your excuses. No, ma'am. I am telling you. You told me. It's not the whole day. <laughs> What's the whole day? And then I came up outside and, uh, and first I told you, my jumping jumping, and I waited and I waited and I came back up here and I told you, can I jump on jumping? And you said no, and then you said no, and that was yesterday. I know. I know you cut your hair today. I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. Let's just get to it. No, not yet. No, I haven't no, asked I'm you. Done. Okay. I'm done. Okay. So at church, Jordan 
Oh, y'all. <laughs> y'all, that, that is what I get to deal with. Y'all pray extra for me. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I agree with Emmy. I, I agreed with her. Mama didn't agree with me that it was Jordan's fault, but <laughs> she just, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, yeah. And so, uh, y'all, here's, here's, here's what the Bible says, okay? So we, we got to get away from that, get into, here's what Emmy did not do. Obviously, she did not learn from her mistakes, Amen. She returned back to the stupidity and got another spatula to town on her. Proverbs chapter one and verse five says this. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Probably if I was to guess, I would say so many of us do just like Emmy. And what happens is we go through this season, we get out of this addiction, we get past, we get to the I get it moment, I learned the lessons, I understand it, God reveals to us the things that we needed to learn, but what happens is we get complacent here, and we get safe here, and we get okay here, and we get to where we stop going down to the altar, and we stop worshiping and lifting our hands, and we stop doing the things to move forward, and instead of continuing to learn, we decide to go back and return. Just like Emmy did. She was good for two years. So many times that's what we do. We learn for an extended amount of time or a particular amount of time, but then somehow or another we stop advancing and we begin to move backwards and we return back to the junk. Listen, God is the best teacher that we have. And if we will listen, when we make it past things, there were things that he wanted to teach us and he wanted us to learn in order for us not to go back to those things. But we have to learn them. Here's what I want you to do. I got a challenge for you. From now on, when God brings you out of something, when he delivers you from something, when he helps you, helps you to get past something, ask the Lord some questions. First question is, Lord, what wisdom do you want me to learn from that season, from that time, from that sin, from moving forward from that? Number two, Lord, are there old things that I'm still holding on to that as I move into this new season, past this thing that I need to get rid of so that I make sure that I don't go back? Number three, Lord, how can I be better prepared, prepared to face this new season that I'm going into? And then number four, how can the lessons I learned be used? Be, how can I use the lessons that I learned to help someone else learn the same things? If you will learn and you will advance and you will move forward and you will allow God not just to get you past that season, but to advance you in that season, then eventually God is using that to advance and help somebody else. But you can't do that if you're returning back to the junk. Number one in your notes, learn, don't return. Number two in your notes is be refreshed in the Lord. You're going through this time. You have a hard time. You go through a hard season. Boom, you get some victory. Boom, you're no longer an addict. Boom, you get saved. Boom, you move forward. You get anointed. You get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You get through all of these things that you wanted to go through. What you need to do in every season at every time is to be refreshed in the Lord. Listen to me. Here's what, here's what he says in Hosea 14. I will be to Israel 
like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like a beautiful olive tree. As fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon, my people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grains and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Listen to me. I think so many times we receive a victory or we're on our way to a victory and we forget to slow down. We forget to rest. We forget to be refreshed. Yes, I made it past this season. Boom, I'm tackling the next season without ever being refreshed and allowing God to strengthen us and allowing God to prepare us and allowing God to give us the physical or the mental or the spiritual strength that we need for the season that we're going into. We need to stop and be refreshed. It's so important and it's so worth it, y'all. Listen, if you don't believe that it's important for you to be refreshed, let me ask you, all you got to do is turn on the TV and watch a commercial. Here's what you're going to see on a commercial. A commercial is going to tell you that this, this restaurant or this restaurant or this restaurant is going to be the one to refresh you with food the most. Amen? What's your favorite restaurant? Chewy. Chew- Ooh. That's hitting close to the heart right there. Chewies. I have 13 Chewy shirts. I'm just saying. There's, there's, there's a thing. Okay. So, uh, so if you watch TV, the, what they're going to tell you is that this drink will refresh you the most. Gatorade or H2O or whatever it is. This drink will refresh you the most. What they're going to tell you is this thing will refresh you the most. And because our physical bodies get worn out and we get beat down and we get tired, what we do is that we see and we know that this thing is going to be refreshing. And so we will go and we will buy it and we will get refreshed. Amen. Y'all, there are some things in my life that are very, very refreshing. I'm going to share a couple of them with you. You have no idea. Do I have any Red Bull people in this room? There's a few of them. Okay, Snyder's not here. I know he is. Mary Lou's not here. Amanda's not here. For those of you that are not familiar, that is not alcohol. That is an energy drink, just to clarify. Uh, and so Red Bull, I can smell. Oh, I told him the other day, I went 36 days without drinking an energy drink. And then I paid my son 100 bucks to drink a chocolate milk. He drank the chocolate milk and I got to drink an energy drink. Okay, so yeah, if we had a little wager going on, uh, I won, but it cost me $100 to win. Uh, But listen, here's what happened. This girl got on my bus. I drive for Hudson School and this girl got on my bus and I'm driving, driving, open the door and she walks by with a Red Bull and I go, I didn't even see it. I just smelt it and it was so refreshing. And I looked over and she was like, you want a drink? I was like, oh, no, I can't do it because I got this one. So then I went home and said, Rylan, I'll give you $100 to drink a chocolate milk. And, and that worked out. So there are things that are refreshing. For me, I love a hot bath. I'm that weird guy that will spend like two episodes of some show in the bath, just laying 
in the bath. In fact, it gets cold. You let water out and fill it back up with hot water. Like that's, that's what you do. And so I, I, that's me. I love, it's very refreshing for me. Some people are not bath people. How many shower people do we got in the room? Okay, 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 good, good. So you, it's refreshing for you to take a shower. For me, I want a bath. I'm going to get up and take a shower after I've already made the bath water nasty. Then to get up and clean myself. And so, uh, so the refreshing part for me is uh, to take a bath. There's lots of things in my life that are refreshing. I love massages. The way to make a money in Josh Polk's family is you give me a massage and I'll pay you. That's, that's how we do it. I love massages. They're refreshing. Josh and Christy time without children. Very refreshing. If you are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, here's what I want you to know. For some of you, it's hunting. For some of you, it's fishing. For some of you, it's, it's, it's rock climbing. Whatever it is, all of us have things in our life that we do in order to be refreshed in order to refuel, in order to uh, get rested up and get the things that we need. And it's so important for our physical body that we do that. And here's what I want you to understand. Just like it's important for your physical body to be refreshed, when your spiritual self goes through hell and you fight Satan and you fight Satan and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and then you get to where, you know, things are going on and your mind's going crazy and you don't know if God's with you or your faith is being tested in those times more than any other times. You should be down at the altar. You should be lifting your hands. You should be up here worshiping God. You should be hungry for him because we learned this morning that the joy of the Lord is our strength and we find that joy as we're giving him praise and worship. And so as we give him that prayer and worship, he gives us that refreshment that we need. But it's up to you. Stop yelling. Sorry. I'm not sorry. You should be in children's church if you don't want yelling. <laughs> now, many times what happens is we make this mistake of as soon as we come out of this season, I got past it, it's done. I don't take the time that I need to rest. And God is saying, what I want you to do is just chill. That was tough. I had to pull you through that because you couldn't do it. And so you need to chill and you need to get rest and you need to take a Sabbath and you need to find some peace. You need to allow yourself to be refreshed. And so many times we don't do that. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 25. Yo, I'm sorry if I'm yelling. It says this, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. I like that. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Hey, can I tell you something? Fathers, mothers, family members, our first ministry is not what we're doing for God. Our first ministry is to God. And I saw this, this thing this week. Uh, and it said something along the lines of Martha did nonstop work and she got scolded. And Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and got rewarded. Now, what are you saying? I'm not saying that it's bad to work. I'm a work. I love to work. I'm saying that the most important part of all of that work is what you get from Jesus when you're at his feet. Then he prepares you for the work then he gets you ready for the work. He refreshes you. I want to challenge you. If you're in a time where you are 
beat down, you're bruised, you've moved past this. In fact, I want to challenge everybody. It doesn't matter where you're at. Every one of us need to take the time to be refreshed. This morning at the end of the service, we're going to have a time where I'm going to challenge you to give yourself some time to be refreshed. And I want to encourage you to allow yourself to be refreshed. This week, take some time to be refreshed. Make sure to take your Sabbath and rest. Number three in your notes is this. Give glory to the one who deserves it. Now, as I'm giving point number three, I want to ask our worship team, would you guys step out and come join me up on the stage? Give glory to the one who deserves it. Here's what that scripture said. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. Now, what did they say? Forgive all of our sins and graciously receive us. Look at this last part. So that we may offer you our praises. Listen, our lives are so fast paced that so many times, not only do we not stop and get refreshed or stop and get anointed or stop and move forward or stop and let God do new things inside of us, but so many times God gets us past so many different things and we forget to stop and give him glory. We forget to love on him and thank him and praise him for all of the things that he's already done. I don't know about you, but God has done so much with my life. If you knew me before I was 19, you would understand. God's done so much with my life. He saved me. Not only did he save me, but he spent the last 15 years transforming me. I grow every day. I continue to move forward. That's a choice that I have. He's continuing to transform me. He saved my marriage. He saved my life. He saved my marriage. He gave me the most beautiful family in the world. He continues to expose my sin, not to shame me, but to grow me and make sure that I'm cleansed. God never asked me to be perfect. He accepts me for who I am. He allows me to be me with all my craziness. I love the God that I serve. I saw this thing on Facebook this week. It said, let's see. You tell me I don't act like a Christian. Jesus tells me I'm not looking for actors. I thought that was so powerful. Here's here's what matters. Are you dedicated in moving forward with Jesus Christ? Are you allowing yourself? I'm different now than I was five years ago. Somebody might have said five years ago, he wasn't acting like a Christian, but God maybe hadn't got me past some of the things that I needed to get past to mature to be who I am today. And what I'm telling you right now is God is looking for us to get past this victory, to learn the lessons that we need to learn, to be refreshed in him and to give him glory because of all the things that he does in our lives. Would you stand with me this morning? Psalms chapter 100, it says, shout with joy to the Lord, all of the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing, with singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God, that he made us, that we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Y'all, in the Old Testament, they literally had parties. When God gave them a victory, when they moved past a season, when he answered a prayer, when they got past things, they legit had parties. Parties where they celebrated and they shouted with all of their hearts and shouted from the rooftops who their God was. They wanted to honor him with their lives. This morning, we're about to play a song where I'm asking you to have a party with me. This is my favorite song right now. Next week, it might be something different. But I'm asking you this morning, can we spend one song and celebrate and give glory and love on the Lord and have a party with him? I'm about to move down here and I want to encourage you, those of you that want to come party with me, come move down here with me and we are about to love on the Lord as we sing the song Rattle. Come on. Come on.